This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. This is the second part of the series, and we're talking about vision this month. Dreams and vision. How many people have a dream in here? Amen. Glory to God. You've got to run on dreams. Amen. You've got to have a vision. And um, we looked at Proverbs 29, 18. We're going to go there. Uh, that's our foundational scripture. And this is out of the message. Uh, it says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So I'm going to say this. We all have natural goals, natural things we want to get done. But there is also, you know, we've got to get the God factor into our lives. And God has a plan for each one of our lives. you believe that today? And I, I think a lot of Christians, and I, you know, I've read, you know, a lot of Christians don't actually get into the purposes and the plans that God has for them. Why, why is that? Because we get too busy. Amen? And so we, we need not to get too busy for God. You know, God is, is awesome. He sent His Son Jesus for us to have life and life more abundantly. In Acts 2, verse 17, it says, and, this, and it's talking about the last days here. Because God wants to do something with us in the last days. And I believe, how many people believe that you're, you're in the last days? you believe Jesus might be coming back soon? Amen. I believe we're in the last... If you just look at the news, you can just see that we're in the last days. Amen? Amen. But I, I, I want to be in, in the middle of what God's doing. Amen. And I don't want to be doing my thing amen. in the last days. I, I want to be doing God's thing. Can I get an amen? Can I get a witness in here? And, and so we, I, I want to do God's thing. You can do your thing, but work it within God's thing. Amen. God's plan for your life. In Acts 2, verse 17, uh, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. Well, hopefully I'm still seeing visions. <laughs> I, I got a little gray in my hair. I don't want to be an old man. Amen. But uh, yeah, but, but, but old men will, will, will have dreams and young men will see visions. Amen. And God will move on people to prophesy. We have that, you know, God can move on a person and speak a word of edification and comfort. And, and that's good. And God can even reveal truths of what uh, the future brings and and so we need to do, we, we need to get in God's presence to find out what God is doing. I, a lot of people don't know what God is doing, but if you get in God's presence, you'll find out what He's doing. We're going to look at the book of Habakkuk for a few moments, and Habakkuk is a prophet in the Old Testament, and we're going to go to Habakkuk one verse five. And Habakkuk was a prophet, and he was seeing evil all around. And he was complaining to the Lord, like, Lord, when are you going to do something about the evil? Have you ever felt that way as a, as a Christian? You know, yeah, Lord, I, I'm, I, I'm in debt up to my eyeballs. When are you going to do some, help me with this? Or, or I'm having struggle in my relationship with my marriage. I need your help. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? And so, and so Habakkuk was a little disgusted with the state of affair and you can look, again, you can look at the news, you can look at what's going on. I, I think things are getting better. Amen. Uh, I, I believe they're getting better, but, but the Bible does say they're going to get worse at the end days. But, but in the church, hopefully it's going to get better in your life. Amen. 
Because the Bible says in the church it's going to get lighter. The word of God's going to be more fresh. You just need to stay in the church. Amen. But in the back of 1 5, it says, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if it was told. So, so what it, God was speaking to Habakkuk, and he was a prophet. They also called them seers. He could see into the things of the spirit. And, he, and God was saying that you're going to be amazed of what I'm going to do. And I think sometimes we give up on what God can do in our lives. Amen. We, we, we start giving up on our dreams. We start giving up on the visions that are you here. Am I talking to the right group? When we're seeing things that aren't working the, the way we think they should work, we can have a tendency to give up. So in Habakkuk 2 verse 1, uh, it says here, I will. This is Habakkuk. He says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait and see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but the end it will speak, but it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come to pass. Amen. It will not tarry. So, so this is uh, Abaca. And, and we can get a little glimpse here. He says, I, I, I climb up to my watchtower and, because he's trying to get a different perspective. I, I, I don't think you really, sometimes you feel like you, you, you have a problem, but I, I really don't think you have a problem. I, I just think you, you, you have a perspective issue. In other words, it's how you're seeing things. Are you seeing the glass half, half empty or half full. How are you seeing things? I like what Habakkuk says. He says, I climb up. You know, we're going to have, it's going to take some effort to get close to God. It's going to take some effort of putting some things down. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? The flesh doesn't want to get close to God, but your spirit wants it. So, he, so it says here that Habakkuk climbed up to the watchtower and he stood on the guard post. Why? He, he was ready to hear from God. And I'm going to say this, when you get in prayer, are you ready to hear a God word? It might be something that you may not want to hear. In other words, it might, it might, it might be some correction. It might be God might be trying to say, you need to get closer to me. Uh, I remember when I was in a backslidden state many years ago, and this was way long time ago. Um, I got saved at Rock Church, and then I, I fell out of church. I, I quit going to church. And then it was about a year and a half and my life started falling apart. And I, I started thinking, my God, I might need to get back to church. And, and the Lord revealed to me there were some issues that, I, that really what he, what he revealed to me was I need to get back to him. I need to get back into church. Because I'm going to say this, that when we take a you, you don't want to take a vacation from God. Amen. You can take a vacation. We're going on a vacation, but we're not taking a vacation from God. We're still going to keep God in the midst of our vacation. Amen. Amen. God is the ultimate uh, partier. He's the he, he's the one that wants to party with us in our vacation. In other words, he wants to reveal things to us in our vacation. And I, I love visiting Yen's family because we're going to be going to visit her family. That a lot of her fam- well, most of her family aren't saved. That gives me an opportunity to witness. Amen. It gives me an opportunity to let my light shine. Yeah. It gives me an opportunity. Well, I can do the kingdom business while I'm on vacation. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And you can do kingdom business while you're going about doing your day to day activities. Amen. 
So I'm going to give you five keys to help you get a fresh vision. How many people might need a fresh vision in here? Or are you living on stale manna? Are you just kind of just trying to make it? Are you just trying to survive? How many people are trying to... No, don't raise your hand. How many people are trying to survive in here? Amen? No, like I said, we don't need to be trying to survive. We need, a, we need to be revived. And then we, we, need, we need to have revival in our lives. Amen? And so uh, five keys to get a fresh vision. And number one, um, like Habakkuk, we need to withdraw. I think sometimes we're just too busy. We're, we're, we're doing so many things that we need to get alone with God. Somebody say get alone with God. And so at different times we need to get alone with God so we can get a fresh perspective in what God is revealing to us. I like to say this. We need to look at life through God's lenses. Amen. And so we see this in Luke 5, 16. Jesus, even though he was the son of God or he is the son of God and he was he, he had the Holy Spirit without measure and he walked in the power of God. You know, Jesus, you know, uh, had to get away from the crowds. You know, he had to get away. You know, he, he, he lived with 12 disciples, but he had to get away at times. Why? Because people can get on your nerves. People, am I talking to the right group here? Even your spouse, I won't even go there. Even your even close people around you can 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 exhaust you. Have you ever been exhausted by people around you? Family can exhaust you at times, especially if they don't know God and, 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 and they're being influenced by a wrong spirit that it can drain you. And so really, Jesus, you know, it, it says in Luke 5, 16, it says and this speaking about Jesus it says so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. This is talking about Jesus. So if Jesus had to withdraw, amen, if he had to get by himself, why? Why did he need to do that? Because he needed to get revived with the Spirit of God. Some of us, the reason why we're a little, we could be a little down or depressed is because we're not spending enough time in God's presence. And I don't know about you, but I need to, I need to be in God's presence. I, I need a God touch every once in a while. I, I, I need God in my equation. I like what Moses said. Moses said, you know, he was praying to God. Moses had a great relationship with God. He was called the friend of God. Amen. And he spoke with God as a man speaks face to face with another man, the Bible says. And Moses said, you know, he was he was about ready uh, to get up and move you know, because they would move in the in the uh, wilderness. They would go from different place to different place. And they're about ready to move. And, and, and God said to him, I'm going to send an angel before you. And, and Moses said, no, no, I, I'd rather have you be before me. An angel's pretty cool. I like to have an angel going before me. You know you have angels watching over you. Amen. You have an angel that watched over you before you got saved, Lord. I'm glad I did. Because I did a lot of dumb things before I was saved. And I still do some dumb things after I'm saved. But thank God for my angels. My angel that, that and, and we need a we need to understand. So, so God said, I'm going to send an angel. But Moses said, no, no, unless you I don't want to leave this place unless you go with me. In other words, Moses understood the importance of a relationship with God. You know, Jesus died for us to have not religion. Jesus didn't die to give us religion. 
Jesus died to give us what? A relationship. That's what Jesus died for. For us to have a relationship that's alive. So my question to you, how's your relationship going? Amen? With God, amen? So, so we have to learn to withdraw. And sometimes we need to get it. I, I, sometimes I like to just go in my car, put on some worship music, and just drive. Anybody ever like do that? I call it my prayer tabernacle. Amen. It's, it's, my, it's my praise machine on wheels. I just get in the car. Sometimes I say, yeah, and I just need to get out of the house for a few minutes and just take a praise break. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we need to do that. We need a, we need a plug into God. We need to get close to God. Amen. The second key in getting a fresh vision from God is to, to wait, is to wait on God. Uh, people don't want to wait for anything. We live in a microwave, you know, you watch a TV show, it's done in 30 minutes, they, they got the problem and it's fixed at the end of 30 minutes, right? At the very beginning of most TV shows, there's a problem, there's an issue, there's something going on, there's a challenge, and at the end, the challenge is met. But, you know, life isn't like that. And, you know, it may take, it may take some time for uh, things to work out. In your life with God. Amen. It, 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 somebody say process. process. It, it's a process with God. It's, you know, we're, we're not in a, uh, you know, we're not in a sprint we, in our race with God. It's not a sprint. It, it's a long distance run. Now you hear what I'm saying? It's not a 50 yard dash. You know, some of us think we get in God and it's, everything's supposed to be perfect. Everything's supposed to be working out within a few months. Our life should be totally put together. It just doesn't work that way. Somebody say process. So, so we have to be in a process. And, and so, so we need to learn to wait on God. You know, Moses, I'm going to talk about Moses again. Moses was raised up to be a deliverer for, for Egypt. I'm sorry, for the, uh, for the um, uh, Israelites to come out of Egypt. And so Moses was raised up to be his deliverer. But you know what? He, he got in front of God. He, you know, it, it, he was in his 40s. And, and you know the story probably. He ended up killing an Egyptian that was, that was uh, you know, causing problems with one of his Israelite brothers. Amen? And he killed this. He got out of time with God. He, he, he wasn't patient. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And sometimes we can get out of time and we can try to go out and try to do some things ourselves. But I'm going to say you need to wait on God. And the Bible actually gave uh, a vision to Abraham many years pr- prior to that about the children of Israel would be in captivity for 400 years. Do you know how long they were in captivity for? 430 years. So what, that, what is that saying? That's saying I really believe that Moses, if he didn't mess up, if he just waited 10 more years, God would have handed him the, you know, the delivery of the people. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so we can mess up you know, what God wants to do in our lives by getting uh, out of patience. Abraham and Sarah got out of patience. And what happened? Sarah came up with this great idea. God told them that they were going to have a child. And God said that you're going to have a promised child and, and it's going to come about. But, but Sarah and, and got out of patience and said, why don't you hook up with my maid Hagar? Right. And what did they end up having? An Ishmael. I like to say an Ishmael. 
Because whatever we do in our own rights and whatever we're trying to do in our own strength, it, 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 can, it can be just us. I don't want it just to be me. I want God to be in what I do. If God's not in it, I don't want to be a part of it. Can I say that again? If God's not in something, I don't want to be a part of it because it's, going to, it's, not, it's, it's not going to work or I'm going to have to keep it up to keep it going. I'm glad I don't have to keep this church up to keep it going. The church is still going, glory to God. I'm glad that God is still bringing people in and, and people are still getting breakthroughs in this church. Financial breakthroughs, uh, miracle breakthroughs and relationships. God is on the move. Can I get an amen? amen? And so Abraham and Sarah, you know, they got out of line with God. But even if you do get out of line and even if you do mess up, the plans of God still can go forth because because God has mercy. Somebody say mercy. And so even though they did mess up, God still came to Abraham and said, you're going to have a son and it's going to be through Sarah. And the promised child was Isaac. And Isaac means laughter. And I'm going to say this. If we, we continue to stay with God, instead of, you going to be, instead of you crying, you're going to be laughing. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? The Bible says weeping may endure in the night, but what, what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. Some of us might need to walk in some more joy. Amen. So, so we need to walk in the joy of the Lord. Uh, in Psalms 46.10, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted on the earth. So a lot of times we just need to wait on God. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do is to wait on the Lord. And, and you need to spend time where you just, you know, you might want to get some worship music and play some worship music and just wait on the Lord until God says something to you, until God speaks to you. Amen. I used to do that a lot when I was single. I used to spend a lot more time with the Lord. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I would have times with the Lord that were amazing. God would reveal things in the scriptures to me. He still does that today. But I had this, this, this time where God touched me. I was laying on, on the bed. I was worshiping the Lord. And I was just waiting on him. And I felt the presence of God. And it was like electricity just touching me. And I was like, wow, this is God. Amen. And God wants to reveal himself to you, not just by, you know, uh, the letter of the law, but by experience. God wants you to experience him. Anybody experiencing God out here? You should be experiencing him. Amen. It should be more than just rules and regulations that you're trying to follow to make sure that you're OK with God. No, it should be a relationship that is thriving. In Isaiah 40, 31, I love this, but these are some benefits of waiting on the Lord. It says, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. How many people might need some strength in here? I don't know about you, but but it it, it can be taxing just trying to make, you know, just trying to go through the week and and trying to do do what you're trying to do. It can be taxing. But it says those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. It says they will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So I'm going to say this is that when you're when you're waiting on the Lord, you know, you're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I remember listening to one minister and he was and Brother Hagin. He came off a uh, he was a sickly 
person and God healed him from, from a deformed heart and a blood disease. God miraculously healed him. And, uh, and at 17, he was working, pulling up uh, peach trees. He would have to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. And, but he would, he would take some scriptures and he would, he would quote them, God, you're the strength of my life. He didn't feel like getting up at 4 o'clock. Who, who wants to get up at 4 o'clock and pull peach trees? Amen. And he, he, he was skinny. He didn't, you know, he, 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 he would say, God, you're the strength of my life. I'm going out to, to just try to be a blessing and just earn some extra money for the family. And he said, as he, as he quoted those scriptures and thanked God that he was the strength of his life, God gave him strength. And he said it was like a supernatural endowment that came on him. God can strengthen you. God can give you strength in times where you feel weak. And, and he, would, he would go there and he would pull up peach trees. And there was this one big guy that was, he, he probably weighed about, you know, Brother Hagen weighed probably about 120, soaking wet. And, but there was this guy that was a big guy. He said, I'm going to be here and all you guys are going to be quitting. And you know what? Brother Hagen outlasted the big guy. I'm telling you, when you start staying in God and staying, you're going to start outlasting those that don't spend time with. Are you listening to me today? You're going to you're going to outlast. You know, again, it's a marathon. We are in a race and we are in a marathon. You need to learn to pace yourself. So that's the third key in, in getting a, a fresh vision from God. Uh, I, I call it word up. Word up. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Withdrawal starts with a W. Wait starts. Okay. Okay. You guys are catching. But word up. Okay. Word up. What do I mean by that? You, you, if you're going to, if you're going to um, get a fresh perspective from God, you're going to have to get into the word. You're going to have to read your Bible. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You're going to have to read the word of God. In other words, the, Jesus said in his prayer, give me this day my Daily bread, not weekly, not just Sunday morning. No, you need to get into the word daily. Amen. You need us. You need to get into word. If there's areas in your life that you're weak in, are there any areas in your life that you might be weak in? Maybe you might be weak in love. Why don't you get in a word and look up every love scripture in the Bible? And why don't you read those scriptures so they can become a part of you? So instead of being weak in love, you can be strong in love. In other words, you know, maybe there's areas in your life that you're weak in. Go into the Bible. Yeah, nobody likes the word. Nobody likes to hear this study because it sounds like work. Because the Bible says study to show yourself approved. Uh, no, you don't need to just study. You just need to enjoy getting into the word of God. You should enjoy reading your Bible. If you come at a perspective instead of work. Oh, God, I got to go get in the I got to read the Bible today. If it's like that, you're not going to get anything out of it. No, you've got to enjoy the word of God. You've got to get into it and thank God for it. You know, maybe you don't. How, how many people are enjoying the word of God? Don't, don't raise your hand. You've got to enjoy the word of God. I, sometimes I read the Bible and I'm reading it to, to fellowship with God. It's more than just me trying to get something or a message or it, it, it's trying to, it, it's allowing God to speak to me through his word. And we, we, sometimes, you know, instead of trying to get a word from God, we might need to get a scripture from God. You know, the, the Bible says that God's word is a more sure word of prophecy. 
A lot of times people want a word from God. Give me a word. Here's a word. This this whole Bible's full of words. All we need to do is start following what God's word says. Amen. Another key to developing your relationship and getting, you know, you got to find yourself in the Bible. You know, John the Baptist, uh, the Pharisees, you know, he was water baptizing people and he was getting them prepared for Jesus. And uh, he was water baptizing, you know, for repentance. And, you know, the Pharisees came to him and said, who are you? Are you Elijah? They, are, you the, are you the prophet? And he said, no, I'm just a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, as, he, as Elijah says. In other words, he got that scripture out of the Bible and he says, I'm a voice crying out like Elijah. Make straight the paths. Amen. He, he, he saw himself. The, you have to see yourself in the Bible. The Bible revealed to you who you are. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? The the enemy wants to make you think that you're your problem or you are your weakness or you are what's not happening. No, you are what God says that you are. And you got to get a revelation of that, of who you are in Christ. Amen. And then if you're going to continue to get vision before you, you know, if you can continue to run on vision because we should be running on vision. Amen. Uh, you need to write down what God speaks to you. You need to be ready to write down if God gives you a word or God reveals something in Scripture, write it down. It's called journaling or, or uh, having a, 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 a for, for ladies, it's a diary. For men, it's a journal. OK, so are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You need to write down what God is saying. Amen. Why? Because we forget. God God could say something to you that could be so profound and you need to write it down and you need to look at it constantly because we have a tendency of forgetting. The Israelites, you know, it's amazing what God did with the Israelites because they were in captivity for 430 years. They were in captivity and bondage to the Egyptians. And, you know, God did all these miracles to get the uh, Israelites out of Egypt. The ten, the ten miracles that he did. He did these miracles to get them out. And not only did he get them out, but he got them out wealthy. Amen. You know, he just didn't get them out poor. No, it, the Bible says when the, when the Israelites left, it said the Egyptian women and the men, they were giving them money. They were giving them gold. They were giving them clothes. They left. They didn't leave empty. They left full. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? In other words, God, God, when we get close to God and we start walking with God, listen, you might be dealing with some financial stress today. But when you get close to God, that stress is going to leave because he's going to he's going to promote and he's going to bless and he's going to. God's an increaser. God's a blesser. God wants to bless your life. You know, I, I talked about last week how I, I had to, you know, when I came into the ministry, uh, you know, I, I quit my job and I went with half pay. And, uh, you know, because it, a lot of times you're going to have to sacrifice to walk with God. But even though you sacrifice in the beginning, I didn't tell you this. I'm blessed today. I, you know, there's another part of it. There is sacrifice on one side and seeking God, seeking the will of God, doing what God wants you to do. But on the other side, there's blessing. So you say, so when you, you, you there's going to be sacrifice on one side, but there's going to be blessing on this other side. 
See, I, I didn't I didn't give you the good news. I only told you the, the, the bad news. Basically, you got to suck it up and serve God. Yeah, you do. You got to you got to serve God, man. When you don't feel like it. Amen. You just got to keep serving God when things don't look like they're working out. You need to keep serving God. Are you listening to me today? And so but the good side of it was that God opened up a beautiful house for me. God got me this house with, you know, and and uh, I couldn't have got it myself. And 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 so I was single in 2002 when I went went full time in the ministry. God blessed me with a super deal on a house. I'm still living in that house today. And that house has lots of equity. I you know, it's that's if you understand what equity is, it's the value of the home is worth a lot more than what I paid for it. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? God blesses you. Then God blessed me with a wife, with a beautiful wife. Yen, I was single. I, I was a single pastor. And I had all these ladies in the church. And when I got married, they left. No, I won't go there. But Just kidding, all right? But, but I did, we did have a few leave. But anyway, uh, but God blessed me with Yen. And Yen, I'm telling you, she's awesome. And I'm just so thankful that she's a part of the church. See, see, there is a sacrifice part of, of, of following God, but then there's the blessing side of it. And, you, and the blessing will always, I really believe this, the blessing will always outweigh the sacrifice. Can I get an amen? amen. And then the, the third key, or the fifth key is that we need to review, uh, uh, continue to keep the vision before us. In other words, whatever God reveals to us and whatever he's showing us to do, uh, write it down or whatever you're believing God to do in your life. If it's a happy marriage or if it's getting out of debt or um, if it's, you know, maybe believing God for to be healed. Maybe you're dealing with some kind of disease and God's still in the healing business today. Keep it before you. Keep the scriptures before you. Keep meditating on it, it, it because because that's what keeps the vision alive. That's what it says in Habakkuk to write the vision and make it plain. Some of us, some of us, you know, this is a question I want to ask you today. What are you seeing today? Are you seeing blessing? Are you seeing the promise or are you seeing the problem? You know, in Second Kings chapter six, uh, Aram was against Israel and Aram, uh, King Aram uh, uh, was trying to take Israel out. And the prophet Elijah um, would reveal to uh the king of Israel, the plans of Aram, of King Aram. So he could never get to Israel for some reason because God was revealing plans. And I'm going to say this to you. When you get close to God, God will reveal to you the plans of the enemy that's trying to come against you. God will alert you to some things. God will get you, you know, get your eyes open to some areas where you need to start praying over. And so here, King Aram was trying to get to, uh, to uh, Israel, uh, but... But, but couldn't get to Israel because of Elijah. Elijah was revealing to king, the king of Israel the plans of King Aram. So, but Aram was like, who's, who's in my company that's given my plans away to Israel? They said, nobody's, there's no insider. There's nobody inside that's doing that. It's Elijah that's revealing the plans. And so what King Aram said, let's go after Elijah. Let's go get him. And so they found out where Elijah was at. And they sent an army after Elijah and Elijah was in in his house and his servant, you know, stepped out into the balcony and saw all these this big army coming in. 
And the servant said, Elijah, there's a big army coming in after us. And Elijah said, there's more with us than with them. And Elijah said, God, open my servant's eyes. And when he opened his servant's eyes, there were fiery chariots all over the place. What am I saying to you today? I'm saying that it, it may look bad. It may look like things are against you. It may look like it's not going to work out. But I'm going to say, you know, it may seem like the demonic warfare is intense. But I'm going to say there's more with us. There's more angels with us. There's more of God's blessing with us than the curse with them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It may look bad. It may look like there's no way out. But with God, there's always a way out. Are you listening to me today? Or have you gone home? So, so Elijah said, open, the, uh, open my servant's eyes. And he saw all these fiery chariots. If your eyes were open to the spirit realm right now, you'd be seeing angels all over the place. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Angels are watching over us. Thank God. See, see, see God. See, angels hearken, the Bible says. Uh, angels hearken in Psalms 103, verse 20. Angels hearken to the voice of God's word. How does God get things done? Through angels. That's, you know, somebody you think he just, and it's done. No, he, he, angels, ministering spirits, angels get things done. And when we start praying and speaking God's word, angels go into action. Can I get an amen there? Amen. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a scripture here. Amen. That, uh, uh, that will help you pray for fresh vision for your life. And it's in Ephesians 1, 16 through 19. And um, in Ephesians 1, 16 through 19, it says, this is Paul. And he prayed this prayer for the church of Ephesus. But you know what? You can pray this prayer for yourself. And you can pray this prayer for family members that aren't seeing it. Uh, you know, a minister prayed this prayer for himself over and over again. Um, back in the 50s. And, he just, and God started revealing to him what God was going to do. And he started revealing to him the healing revivals of the 50s. And God revealed the future. How many people would like to see the future? Well, I got some amens. Uh, I got some people that, you know. I don't know about you, but I, I would like to know what's going to go on in the future. And so it says here in Ephesians 1, 16, it says, uh, this is Paul. Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mentioning of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we need to have a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. God wants us to know the hope of his calling was the riches and glory of his inheritance in the saints. And was the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believes and according to, his, to the working of his mighty power. So, so here, uh, Paul is like giving thanks to you know, the, the, the church of Ephesus. And he's, and, he's, and he's praying that the Father of glory will give a spirit wisdom and revelation to his congregation. And I'm telling you, that is important for you to get. Is a spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding of what God is doing. And you can pray these prayers and you could ask God and you can say, God, you can say, Heavenly Father, I ask that you give me a spirit of wisdom, that you give me a spirit of revelation and knowledge of you. That, Father God, I ask that you would open my eyes to be enlightened, 
that I may know the hope of your calling, that I may know the riches and glory of your inheritance and saints, and that I may know the exceeding greatness of your power towards me that believes. You can put yourself in there. You can put your family members in there. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And you can start praying these prayers so God will start revealing truth to you, greater truth than what you're walking in. Because I'm going to say this, you know, we're not all walking in fullness of truth. We're walking in partial truth. I'm telling you, if we were walking in fullness of truth, man, we would be totally different people. And God wants us walking in greater truth. He wants us to have a revelation of what he's calling us to do. He wants us to be walking in the power of his might. And then there's another uh, prayer in Ephesians 3, 14 and 19. This says, uh, for this reason, I bow my knee to the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant to you, according to his riches and glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. So you can ask God to strengthen you in your inner man by his spirit, that your hearts be, that your hearts through faith, that you be in root and grounded in love. This is, this is great. Paul prayed that the Ephesian church would be rooted and grounded in love. And so we need to pray that for ourselves. That we be rooted and grounded in God's love. That we be able to comprehend with all the saints was a width and length and depth and height and know the the love of Christ. I'm telling you, if you know the love of Christ, if you get a revelation of God's love, it will change who you are. Just getting a revelation of how much God loves you and how much God loves people. I'm going to say it again. How much God loves you. And how much God loves people. God loves people. And we need to love people like God loves people. I'm I'm trying to get there. (laughs) I don't always love people. I don't always, you know, I'm, I'm praying that I get a revelation of how much God loves me. So I can reveal, you can't give what you don't have. And if you don't have much love, you can't give much love. Are you here? I mean, if you if you're if the measure of your love is only, if it's only half full, then that's all you're going to be able to give half full love. So 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 here, let me just finish this up by this one story here. And it's in Second Kings three, nine through 18. And it's three kings going after Moab, uh, the, the kingdom of Moab. And, and it starts with Second uh, Kings three, nine through 18. It says, so the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom. So, so it was the king of Israel, the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. And they marched on the roundabout route seven days. And there was no water for the army and nor for the animals that followed them. Now, what they did was they went out, but they really didn't go out with God's blessing. They went out after uh, the kingdom of Moab, but uh, they were in a place of a drought And so it looked pretty bad when they went out. It was like they went out without the plans of God. And the king of Israel said, at last, for the Lord has called these three kings, talking about himself, together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. He started complaining. He started saying, oh, it must be God's will for us to, uh, for, for the kingdom of Moab, instead of them going after Moab and conquering Moab, that Moab's going to conquer them. Sometimes we feel that way. When we're in the process of going after God or we're, we're taking steps of faith, we, we, we feel and things aren't, aren't working out the way we think. We start thinking it's in God's divine providence for us to fail. And this is what, what the king of Israel was saying. Oh, oh God's going to put us in, 
in in the kingdom of Moab's hands. But Jehoshaphat, see, the king of Israel wasn't a a godly man. Jehoshaphat was, and Jehoshaphat was, was the king of Judah. And Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So that the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elijah, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. And, and Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And then Elijah said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. He wasn't trying to win a popularity contest. So Elijah wasn't too impressed with these kings. But he did have a relationship with one of the kings, which was Jehoshaphat, which was the godly king. But the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them in the hand of Moab. So, so the king of, of Israel was, was continuing saying that we're going to be delivered into the hand of Moab. In other words, we're going to go into a battle, but we're going to lose. And Elijah said, see, whenever you feel like you're going in a battle and you're going to lose, you need to seek the man of God. You need to seek a word from God. And they were seeking a word from God. Good thing Jehoshaphat was there because he was a godly man that got in touch with a God man. Amen. Sometimes you might need a word from God and and you might need to come down for prayer. And sometimes God will give me a word for you to give you that exact word that you need at that moment to set you free. So, So don't ever not do not think that you're ever in a place where you can't get prayer and have a word from God. Amen. And Elijah said, as the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely uh, were if not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. But now bring me a musician. So what happened here is Elisha said, listen, I I don't have any regard for these two, two other kings, but I do have some regard for Jehoshaphat because he's a godly man. And because of Jehoshaphat, I'm going to go ahead and get in the presence of the Lord. How did he do that? He said, get a musician. Get some, get a worshiper. Get, uh, in another translation, it says, bring me a harpist. And so what he did was he brought a harpist to play music so that he could get into the presence of God. So God could reveal some truth to Elijah that he could reveal some truth to the kings. Sometimes what we need to do is when we don't know what to do is we need to get into the presence of God. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? Let me say this. Dreams are birthed in God's presence. We must get in God's presence to hear what he's saying. We have to get into his presence. And sometimes you have to get into worship. And that's what he did. He got into worship. And so this is what, the, what Elijah said. Elijah said, go and dig ditches. Because they had no water. They were thinking that maybe because at one time Elijah, uh, uh, the, the Elijah served, uh, which Elijah went on to heaven. He prayed for rain. I don't know if you remember that. And rain came. So they thought that rain would come. But God did it a different way. God just said, dig ditches and I'm going to fill the ditches. So I'm going to say this. The second key here is that when we're when we're dreaming, God is going to tell us to do something natural so that we so he can do something supernatural. In other words, if you're going to if you're going to if you're going to follow a dream, you're going to have to step out and do some natural things to follow that dream. You see, I had to do some natural things to go out to, to rain a Bible 
training center. I, I had to get ready. I had to get my finances in order. I had to, I had to do some natural things. I had to do some natural things for, for that miracle house to come my way. What did I do? I went ahead and got a, a loan already set up before I even had a house that I looked at. I already had a loan in place. I had to do some natural things for God to do some supernatural things. Every once in a while, you've got to do some natural things. And when you do the natural, God will do the supernatural. When you do the natural, what's natural, Pastor? What are you talking about? It might just be steps of faith. Natural is just praying. We pray in the natural and God works in the supernatural. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? It just might be one simple prayer. God, make the sun stand still, like I said last week. And the sun stood still for Joshua so he could win the battle. It may just be one prayer. You just might be missing it in prayer. You need to start thanking God that he's working miracles in your family. That he's moving on your children, glory to God. I was, man, God can do it. God, you may not be able to change your kids or your spouse or your employer, but God can. We got to get God in place. Amen. And so we got to do that. And so while they were digging ditches, nothing was happening. But the next day, every ditch was filled with water. It was so filled with water that the king of Moab, when he looked out, it looked like blood all over the place. And he thought to himself, oh, they must have fought each other and killed each other. So God made it look like blood was out there. And so when Moab came into town, they were able to take Moab down because God said that I'm going to give you Moab, not only just water, I'm going to give you victory over Moab. Well, you know, God doesn't just want to sustain us. Sometimes we're just praying, God, please just sustain us. Just just help me just to make it through this week. Help me to make it through this month. Just help me, Lord. But God doesn't just want to sustain you. He wants you winning in life. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you with overflowing blessings. Are you listening to me today, saints? He doesn't just want to sustain you. Sometimes we just say, God, if you just can help me just meet my bills. No, he wants your bills paid off. God, if you can just take away the pain. No, uh, that, that hurts right here. He wants to remove the disease. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? God wants to do abundantly above more than you can ask or think. Glory to God. So all we have to do is ask. Ask in faith and believe. You know, grace is God's part. Faith is our part. Faith is action. It's our action towards the things of God. When God healed that man in, in the synagogue, when he, uh, the man with a shriveled hand, he told that, he gave that man an instruction. He said, just raise your hand up. And if that man didn't raise his hand up, he would not have got healed. So he had a shriveled hand and he raised it up. And, and as he raised it up, his hand was healed. See, God said to the guy that it was blind, he, he put, Jesus put, you know, spit on mud and right rubbed it on his eyes and said, go to the pool, pool of Salome and wash in there and you will see. If that guy just wiped it off and walked away, nothing would have happened. But what he did was he, 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 he did a natural thing. He went to the pool. He wiped the, 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 the mud off his eyes and God did the supernatural thing. I tell you, God always works with the natural. When you do the natural, he will do the supernatural. Do you believe that today? 
Do you believe that today? And as we take steps in moving towards our dreams and we take the natural steps, God will just do the supernatural and we will be pinching ourselves because we'll be excited because God is doing it. Amen. In other words, God is making it happen. You know, this church, God is is in control of this church. God's the head of this church. Amen. I'm telling you, God is going to make it happen. There are so many prophecies about this church growing and doing great things. I believe it. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. It shall surely come to pass. Though you haven't seen your vision yet, though it hadn't come to pass yet, keep doing the natural and the supernatural will come into fruition. Do you believe that today? Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today. We just thank you, Father God, that you are the God of the supernatural. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you want to do great and mighty things in our lives. And Father, I thank you for every person here listening. I thank you for every person that's online, that's watching. And Father, I just thank you. And perhaps you're not sensing the presence of God. Perhaps you don't know God. You have God as a religion. You have Jesus as a religious Jesus, but you don't have Jesus as a personal Savior. I want you to pray this prayer with me if you're ready to do this, to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Say this after me and me in your heart. If you're ready to get Jesus in your heart, say, Dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 